All right, just, just, just to start, I kind of want to say what we did yesterday real quick. We were talking about Katagiri's um, kind of his interpretation of things. That, um, it we're always seems like we're talking about the same thing. We're talking about the relative and the absolute all the time. That's what we're working with. Working with the human life and how we relate to the absolute and uh, yeah, and so each each uh, teacher has their own way of interpreting that in a very funny teacher. So um, so Katagiri, for example, yesterday was talking about this energy that's that everything the whole universe is made up of, and it's in us, and it's all around us. And, and he calls it that Buddha. And so, ergo, if Buddha is in us, then we're Buddha. Everything is the Buddha. As Kim said earlier, what was it that was the Buddha? Um, the the Chantha. The Chantha, yeah, really like um, so we talked about that, and and then we were talking about the light and the light that when you say sit in zazen and you <clears throat> you start growing your life through sitting and um, and you start uh, paying attention, you. you develop a certain amount of compassion and wisdom. And, um, and then you start really paying attention to what you're doing <laughs> in your life instead of just doing it. You know, just doing it is fine, but we do it and we think about it and so forth and so on. We have all these ways that we can kind of keep ourselves away from the truth. And that's why we start paying attention to this practice as well. <clears throat> So, um, so practice, uh, we kind of talked about that, about how practice, how the light is, we turn away from the light. And uh, it's kind of a human thing to do. So how do we uncover? You know, it's about opening, opening up. And other people can have an effect on us, like we can have an effect on other people through the light. And it's not, everybody has the light, but we can have people open up, they feel this connection, and then we'll open to their own mind. So today we're looking at a little bit, maybe it's not, maybe it's the same. Um, we're going to be looking at the, uh, the Buddha's, one of his uh, final, if not the final, um, teaching. And that is um, the idea of being a light unto yourself. And so yesterday, uh, I kind of talked around it, but maybe didn't say it specifically. Katagiri was talking about how you could depend on the Dharma, you could, um, you could depend on yourself. And which is directly speaking to this issue of being a light unto yourself. If you can trust and depend on something, <clears throat> if you can depend on yourself, 
that's being, you can be the light to yourself. You don't have to have somebody else telling you how to live your life. I mean, we influence each other all the time, but just as a basic orientation, we can, we can rely on ourselves. And that's what he was saying. You don't need a, a, a divinity. You don't need somebody telling you what to do. You can kind of figure it out based on what you do in your practice, paying attention. So, um, so like I said, Katagiri kind of addressed that yesterday. And then, so today specifically, um, there's an article that I want to talk about. I didn't offer a copy just because I'm going to shorten it up considerably. But it's, a, it's an article by uh, Larry Rosenberg, and it, it was published in the Lion's Roar, November 13th, 2013. And he's talking about the fact that Buddhism offers uh, us freedom. But he also says that um, we have to protect that freedom. We can't just not ask questions. We have to ask questions of, of our teachers, of our own practice, of ourselves, to keep us on the path and not kind of straying off. Um, in terms of teachers, there are teachers that are very, can be very strong personalities and so forth, and they'll say, this is the way, follow this way. And maybe it, maybe it's not the way. And do we really want to just, just give our life away to somebody? You know, we need to reflect, ask questions. Well, is that really true? Is what you're saying true? Does that make sense to me? Is that, does that jive with what I know? So I think that's a really important uh, thing to think about. Um, it, the main thing is to ask questions. Certain people are really good at that, uh, and that's good. So, um, but it can be a detriment if you let a teacher or a teaching even um, if you just swallow it without raising questions or having doubts or you know just deliberating on it a bit. So. Um, in reference to that, the Buddha um, offered uh, a teaching that's now called the Kalama Sutra, which you may be familiar with. Um, and so the situation was the Kalamas were a group living in India at the time of the Buddha. And they were questioning him. They knew he was a, a wise sage and so forth, but he was... Uh, they were still asking, you know, was this, how, how, they asked him how to recognize a wise and authentic teachings. How can, how can you know? And so, because they were skeptical. And so, and particularly at that point in time in India, there were lots of teachers roaming around offering a lot of different teachings. And which one is true? But this is, this is where they were. And they were concerned that maybe Buddha was just another 
wise guy, but you know, how is how did he distinguish himself from other teachers? So <clears throat> the Buddha's response to the Kalama's concerns was to provide a guide for avoiding unskillful choices. So rather than saying, this is the way, or he said, look, this is the way you should consider it, which is, I mean, what a gift. <laughs> um, so, and, and it was for the Kalamas and it was for anybody, you know, to adapt. So I want to, to read this is to address what he said, just to kind of keep this in your own mind when we're considering being a light unto ourselves. So, Buddha said, don't go by reports, by legends, by traditions, by scripture, by logical conjecture, by inference, by analogies, by agreement through pondering views, by probability or by thought. By the thought that this contemplative teacher, this contemplative is our teacher, um, when you know for yourselves that these skills, these qualities are unskillful, these qualities are blameworthy. So you have to pay attention to what they're doing. What? It's the action, right? Um, these qualities are criticized by the wise. These qualities, when adopted and carried out, lead to harm and to suffering. Then you should abandon them. So paying attention to the qualities of the teacher and their actions and the teaching. And then he continued, now Kalamas, don't go by reports, by legends, by traditions, by scripture, by logical conjecture, by inference, by analogies, by agreement through pondering views, by probability or by the thought this contemplative is our teacher. When you know for yourselves that these qualities that they're offering, that they have, are skillful, that these qualities are blameless, blameless, these qualities are praised by the wise, these qualities, when adopted and carried out, lead to welfare and to happiness, then you should enter and remain in them. So that's the first teaching around this, be invited to yourself, how to think about teachings and teachers. So the Buddha showed them then the importance of being a light unto yourself in this way, right? So secondly, I would like to look, is there any questions about that? The second one is on the second page of what I gave you, which is a very, it's a, it's a different, a little bit different viewpoint on the same question. And where we'll start um, with this is be a light unto yourself. And I think maybe we'll just have some people who volunteer to read sections of it. So that if you guys don't have your paperwork online, just in case, you can at least hear it. And it's always nice to hear things out loud anyway. 
So, um, volunteer to read. Okay, Jean, why don't you take the first paragraph? Discussion of light flint references. Yeah, down, go to where be a be light, light unto yourself. yourself. Yeah. Be a light unto yourself. Therefore, Nanda, be a lamp unto yourself. Be a refuge to yourself. Take yourself to no external refuge. Hold fast to the truth as a lamp. Hold fast to the truth as a refuge. Look not for a refuge in anyone beside yourself. And those in under, either now or after I'm dead, shall be a lamp unto themselves, who take themselves to no external refuge, but holding fast to the truth as their lamp, holding fast to the truth as their refuge, shall not look for refuge to anyone beside themselves. It is they who shall reach the highest goal. Mahaparini Atvata Sutta. Is there someone else who'd like to read the next section? Carolyn Atkinson, the final chapter in her book, A Light in the Mind, Living Your Life Just As It Is. Why do we sit in the middle years of his teaching? The main subject of Benko Age, a particular retreat period, is how to become a transmitter of actual light, life light. Practice takes place to shape your whole ability to reflect the light coming through you and to generate, to regenerate your system so the light increases its power. Now that was much clearer for me than his earlier statement. It was an image that I could really understand and remember. Someone else? Okay. We sit, Coburn began slowly, to make life meaningful. The significance of our life is not experienced in striving to create some perfect thing. He looked down at his hands as he spoke. He was quiet for a long time. Then he continued. We must simply start with accepting ourselves. Sitting brings us back to actually who and where we are. Again, he waited as he perhaps reflected upon his own life. This can be very painful. Self-acceptance is the hardest thing to do. Once again, he paused. So long at this point that I wondered if perhaps he had finished. But finally, he continued. If we can't accept ourselves, we are living in ignorance, this darkest night. We may still be awake, but we don't know where we are. We cannot see. The mind has no light. He stopped and looked around at us in our small circle. He moved from face to face with his eyes, seeing deeply into each of us. His longtime oldest students, Finally, he nodded slightly and concluded, practice is this candle in our very darkest room. Anyone else like to read? <clears throat> the main subject of this session is how to become 
a transmitter of actual light, life light. Practice takes place to shape your whole ability to reflect the light coming through you and to regenerate your system so the light increases its power. Each precept is a remark about hard climbing. Maybe climbing down to the very ground of your being. You don't use the precepts for accomplishing your own personality or fulfilling your dream of your highest image. You don't use the precepts in that way. The precepts are the reflective light world of one precept, which is Buddha's mind itself, which is the presence of Buddha. Sazen is the first formulation of the accomplishment of Buddha existing. The more you sense the rareness and value of your own life, the more you realize that how you use it, how you manifest it, is all your responsibility. You face such a big task so naturally, such a person sits down for a while. It's not an intended action, it's a natural action. So, so I wanted to talk about, this is a very interesting comment about, what's it? <clears throat> Uh, this isn't about self-perfection. Self it's not that, this idea of sitting, you know, practice. <clears throat> it's not about that. It's accepting who we are. Simply starting with accepting who we are. Um, and he also says it's, it's probably the hardest thing to do. And isn't that the case? We constantly find fault with ourselves and and, uh, and yet, in actuality, um, yeah, how do we learn to have faith in ourselves? <clears throat> That's kind of the question here. Um, it's not perfection. So it seems to me what what we're talking about here is is knowing ourselves. It's more about knowing ourselves and opening ourselves to the light. Um, and there's a lot of things that we object to when we send off to be exiles, and um, and then that turns off the light. So the Buddhist practice. My understanding is that we turn, we make that turn towards whatever it is that we find objectionable. And we look at it, we look at it really clearly. And you and when be was with it. Um, and then offers that light of compassion to those parts, to those parts that we are not so fond of. And through that, we 
can make things a lot quieter and the light can come through better. Light can come through better. So, um, so I have an exercise that I wanted to do this afternoon, but we can kind of play with it right now. Since we're right here. Um, does anybody have any questions so far about where, where, where we are? I do. I do. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yes. Okay, so um, we're gonna we're gonna turn up the volume. Yeah. Exactly. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, a few things on the first one of being a light unto yourself and and being um, relying on yourself. Um, one thing I was thinking about light is the reflection that of ourselves that we get from others too, and the relational aspect of all of this um, because. You know, I was thinking of light, energy, that energy can go in different directions, but it could go in the direction of care, which goes in the direction of love. Right. And so the reflective part of the light was um, something I was thinking about yesterday. And then when I think about um, reliance, reliance on the self, but not um, I often if, if there's something troubling me and it's, it's too big for me alone. And I need I need the help of, of teachers, of therapists, of friends, spiritual friends, and also I use the ancestors. I use everybody to you know, it's too okay. big, it's too big for me. So there's that aspect too that I was thinking of, and I I didn't think it contradicted the idea of depending on yourself. No, I don't see it as a contradiction. I mean, you have the ultimate. You, you can seek out counsel, right? You seek out counsel, but then you take that. There's another step to it. You don't have to swallow it. You say, okay. So that's the reliance on, on yourself to use, use your tools that you have. Yeah, and there's another, there's something else that goes with that. Um, the, the Buddha said, I don't know. Oh, yeah, that is. Um, that he said in all of his teachings, in fact, oh, you're here. He said all the, the teachings, um, if, if this doesn't make sense to you, if this doesn't apply to you, drop it. It's not like this is the doctrine, memorize it and it's yours. It's more like what I try something, I try sitting, I try, you know, being kinder to people or I start being kind to people, you know, what, what's the impact of that? You know, it's always checking to see what the impact is. Right. And then if the impact is, seems to be something positive, okay, we're good. If it's not, then we need to figure out what's going on. So it depends on your experience. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was thinking of in terms of the light is pain and suffering. That you know, it to see light through that as well, because that is part of accepting ourselves, especially accepting those parts that really hurt. And to um, see that as, as um, I guess, maybe as energy, energy that is also part of light. And I, 
I don't know if you said this or not, but I heard the light of compassion. So that, but that's, that's a nice thing that um, if, you know, to accept yourself, you're accepting um, times when there's pain and suffering and, um, and putting a, a light on that, that's a light on yourself, turning a light onto yourself, a part that um, there may be a judgment over and, and to really have compassion the way I think we're saying the other, the way you would have compassion with a friend that was suffering. Yeah, and I think sometimes we have a presumption that when something's really uncomfortable, you know, shame and you know, anger, you know, fear and stuff, that it's a bad, bad thing. And it, I don't see it that way at all. It's, it's uncomfortable. We don't like it. And it may make us do crazy things if we're not really paying attention. But it's it's just as an energy and you have to work with it. You just have to understand it and work with it in a way so that it's it's not distorting. You know, it's not distorting the truth or it's taking over, you know, or being, you know, the fears are just becoming greater and greater. Instead, you could show compassion to it and usually they'll put it back saying, okay, you know. And, and also shine a light on it. That's right. That's right. Because there could be a confusion. If you shine a light on it, you're opening to it. I mean, it's the same. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I, I just uh, grabbed Buddha. <laughs> and I, I just want to share this. Um, one of my favorite chants, and I have many, it's like having lots of children. You love them all. <laughs> Saying is um, a refugees, and it, it, it's in line uh, with what Rosemary was saying in that I take refuge in Buddha, and you're talking with us about that and finding our light and the light there and the light in the Dharma. But the one I find especially helpful in light of what Rosemary just said is I find refuge in Sangha because different people will reflect you differently, some very inaccurately, and um, based on their, um, what's conditioning? No, 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 the, where, they're, where they're putting themselves actually on you, Projection. projections. And so that is one of my favorite parts of this particular refuge because I find consistently that the Sangha reflects me accurately in ways I don't even know about me. <laughs> and so that's lovely to hold that refuge, that chant every day. Mm -hmm. I just want to share yeah. that. Thank you. Jean, did you get something? Yeah, I was just thinking, uh, you said some people have the light. I don't know if if you said that or you heard that. Um, if I did, it's not, it's everyone does. Yeah, so I was, I was just thinking that that light is always there, right? It's always there. It's just covered by by the shadow. Whatever the shadow brings up, it covers the light. Mm -hmm. So when someone else's shadow is 
diminishing or blocking the light that we see when someone else's action, right, is blocking the light, our light, because we are absorbing the toxicity of those actions. What do you need the most? What do you need the most? I would say um, we have to be really careful about that. If we know that there's toxicity coming in, we need to set boundaries. Boundaries are about. Because I'm thinking that if I'm triggered by someone else's action, and that trigger is in me, so That's it's right. my own darkness, right? That's like right. that is so. That's right. My my fear is that so often I can get lost in absorbing what someone else is doing rather than looking at it as. Uh, one of you said, like, I need to shine the light there mm -hmm. where I am. Are you making sense? Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So, there were two things. One was I was confused when I heard you said, you know, some people have the light. No, everything has light. Yeah. And then I was like, I see how often I block the light as if it's coming from someone else rather than seeing that those are pieces of art. Oh, that's a, yeah, that's a really good point. So, so that's when we have to turn inward yeah. and, and find what it is that we're, what we're carrying, what we're carrying. Because usually when someone else has affected us, it's not just what, it, it doesn't apply. If you have no issue there, it goes by. Yeah. It goes yeah. by. Yeah. But if you've got just a hint of a, yeah, I really am bad, and they're saying, <laughs> you know, you, you know, it, then you let it in because you think it belongs there anyway, or, you know, it's, so then you have to turn to that. Because otherwise it's easy to set boundaries. Boundaries yeah. is effortless. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. what you're saying is true, right? Like if it's not, nothing yeah, no, is evoked in me, then I set boundaries with them. That's right, that's right. I'm so, just kind of exploring. No, that's good. I'm glad you did. Yeah, that will help me to. Yeah. yeah, I know it's, it's so easy when we tend to think this person may be really hacked off. <laughs> well, you know, people can be annoying, but it's about something in ourselves. They're annoying because they're hitting something. <laughs> yes. Um, oh, I got you. Just a second, Lisa. Oh, I'm thinking about a couple of things. One is the importance of trust, you know, and the thing trust in mind. Mm -hmm. But the other one is this light is really funny because, like, th this room is filled with light, but the only things we see are are when it's reflecting off of objects. So it's a relational. Oh, that's good. You don't see light. Yeah. Usually. Except when it's called the incident light and you're looking at a source. But, but I call the light if this it. room was painted a perfect flat black that absorbed all the light, you wouldn't 
it would be complete darkness, even though it was filled with light, because nothing would be reflecting light. Mm. So you need objects. Chris doesn't. No, I just I had to think through that one a minute. I'm with you now. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that interesting that you need objects? Well, you need others. You need others. You need others to yeah. shine the light, actually. Yeah. On and then the bounces, darkness. It bounces. It bounces all over. Yeah. I just think that's neat. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Think of how much light's in this room and we can't see it. But Kim, what about desert monks and people like Paramahanda Yogananda? There must be so many that, that locked themselves up in their little dark caves for years and years without any input from outside. And then became that light for so many people. They were drawn to that power. That So the self by itself. Right? I, I don't doubt at all the impact we make on each other, but just the self is so incredibly, there's such an incredible ability to be that source of light. There has to be some kind of dissolving of the self. Yeah. You know, if the self has these hard edges, nothing goes out. Mm. Like Lisa you, has a question. You erase the edges, but go on. Yes. Okay, Lisa. Okay, so we have moved on a little bit from that, but from what I was originally my question, but also what came to me talking is like, you know, how simple can you make it? And we hear again and again, enlightenment happens in relationship. So that's that's mutual that light generating that light but this is this is what intrigued me um in the reading uh under carolyn atkinson and she says practice takes place to shape your whole ability to reflect the light coming through you through you light coming through you it's not coming through you right it's not going through you but it's coming through you and to generate to regenerate your system so the light increases its power and um that's just intriguing um regenerating your system and um you know once again if we are living in ignorance we are living in the darkest night so i am working with how we regenerate our system if enlightenment incurs in occurs in relationship um because we aren't hermits in this practice, we're in a relational practice, uh, we're sharing our light, and yet we're taking responsibility for ourselves. So could we actually imagine or feel an embodied sense of regeneration? Do you, 
kind of know what I'm saying. Are we noticing practices that regenerate our own energy maybe? How are we regenerating our system so our light increases its power? I think that's my question, you know, that I'd love to hear from others. How are we regenerating our system and increasing the power of our own light? I think that's a really good question. And, and that's actually Sunday's project is to talk about that. Um, but we can start now. Um, how would you know if you're, you had, I, I kind of think of it as increasing your capacity, your capacity, and you have this great capacity. Um, it's not, and that's probably, I'm thinking out loud here. Um, I don't know that the capacity changes, but what does change is your capacity to let light in or not to shut away from light. Does that help? Because I don't mean necessarily physical light. I mean, um, shading away from uh, or turning away from the parts of ourselves. That's why the problem, there's an issue when we have, um, we don't accept ourselves, right? Because then we're shutting down around the things we don't accept. So that's dark. That's a source of darkness, right? Yeah, and that's what, you know, the, this Coban is saying again, if we don't accept ourselves, we are living in ignorance, this darkest light. So kind of liberating ourselves from ignorance yeah. um, and our part from ignorance as in, now I've forgotten, you know, a good, ignorance is kind of lack of awareness. It's kind of a lack of skill in a way. Yeah. So, I mean, that's so much of what our practice is about is we're generating skills in a way um, because they build on each other. And so by gener generating capacity and, you know, our horizons, we keep moving uh, to the edge of our practice. Maybe that's how we're kind of creating ourselves regenerating ourselves out of ignorance. Sorry to sound so convoluted, but ignorance is, ignorance is where the dark, darkest night is. So wait a minute, but we have to accept if we're ignorant on the other hand. Okay, I'll just stop there. Ignorance. I don't know if you want to accept your ignorance, you might want to note that you're, I mean, you can accept it, but. I'm going in circles. For very long, like oh, <laughs> another thought. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Lori, may I remind me and us of something? Yeah. To, to this point, to this question, I think you spoke to it the first day we were here and said we are going through this um, practice for the next few days in silence that there are things around us that take our energy, that distract us. Mm -hmm. Things that are 
you know, when, when there's a situation that requires that we engage to support life, that's one thing. But there's so many things that we do and go through every day that have nothing to do with that. And don't give us that opportunity to take the, the light that's already in us and to generate it and to increase it and to regenerate it. Mm -hmm. So I think this uh, intensive is just that, one of those ways. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It allows us to, to spend some time in silence and pay attention to what we're doing. And to think about these things, to think about that there even is light. To think about how we're negotiating the way. I mean, that's the whole point, right? Okay. Any other comments or questions? Okay. I think we'll stop there and we'll leave the exercise for the second. And we'll sit for a few minutes and then and then we'll have lunch. <laughs> <laughs>